0: all day long. You, you may or may not know this, but my brother-in-law graduated from Teen Challenge many, many years ago. He and my sister, my twin sister, have been married for a number of years now. And it's just a blessing to see the fruitfulness not only in his life, but to see it in, in your life as well. Well, we are concluding our series today on looking up God's design for tough times. And I don't know about you, but I've gotten a lot out of this series, so hopefully you have as well. Um, all of the different references that, that we have talked to over the past number of weeks. We've talked about, you know, enough of the bad news, looking to Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. Um, Steve brought a message on the cure for complaining. Josh talked about the three truths uh, to build our confidence in Christ. Ed talked about lifting weights. And, and the importance when David encouraged himself in the Lord, and how important it is for us to encourage one another. He said, you know, he gave us a challenge. All of you encourage someone every day. And just because his message is over and that challenge for the week is over, you can keep encouraging people every day. Like, it doesn't have to stop. Last week, we talked about getting our passion back and enthusiasm. And what does it mean in the Greek? What's the Greek word for enthusiasm? Anyone? theos, And theos means to be filled with God. Right? It's not something we drum up. It's something that bubbles up. If we're filled with God, it's going to bubble up out of us. And this morning, I want to end our series by talking about confronting fear with faith. You know, and I'm, if you know me very well, I'm not really into cute titles. I'm not trying to be cute with this because I know sometimes we've heard this saying maybe in the media. but But today, there's a truth that like we have been gripped with fear as a nation, as, as a world, by something that we don't understand and it's foreign to us, right? And, and and lest you might think that the fear isn't real, let's just remember back to a time when this respiratory virus called all of us to go and hoard toilet paper, right? It's respiratory. It's not out the other end. It's coming out this end. Like, why did we need all that toilet paper? Come on, right? Because it's it's fear, it's something we don't understand, and and like we're looking. God, give me. A, we need comfort. We need toilet paper. Like there's a lot of other things I would go for, but I don't know. But we all were part of it, right? And and don't tell me you weren't looking at your toilet paper supply, going, how long is it going to last? Because like we got to get some sometime. I I knew restaurants that were like, hey, if you order takeout, we'll give you a roll of toilet paper. Right? That's how they were generating their their income. Um, but, you know, this isn't a time to be fearful. This is a time for the saints and the people of God to rise up in faith. And, uh, you know, if, if you are available tonight at 6 o'clock, if you get the Shiloh news, and hopefully you do, so who gets the Shiloh email every week on a Friday? If you don't get the Shiloh email, it's because you have to fill out an I'm new card. And give us your name and contact, and then you can ask us if we, if, you know, we, you opt in. But we'll send you the email every week that kind of tells you what's going on. But there's a prayer gathering across the nation tonight that's led by If My People. The, um, if, you know, Just search for If My People prayer event at 6 p.m. tonight. It's across the nation praying, praying for our country. Um, so as we talk about confronting fear with faith, I want to start, and we're just going to spend all of our time in this passage of 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. So let me just read it for us, and, and then we'll get into the message. It starts off with this. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons of slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors and then go into your house and with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jar, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another, after another, after another. That's my words, not in there. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for, for this woman, Lord, that, that we're going to look at, at her story. And God, I I believe for you today to speak to each one of us individually. Lord, we open up our hearts to you, God. We open up our ears. Father, would you be faithful to your word and and would you personalize it for each one here? God, I, I know that you know each of our love languages, God, and you can minister in just a unique and personal way. And I ask that you do that. And we all agree together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning as we talk and look into this passage, I want to talk about different ways that we can... We can confront fear with faith, right? But first I want to start off with the fear that this woman had because, you know, sometimes we don't want to recognize and admit as Christians that we're fearful. But the truth is this, we are. So, like, don't say something, don't try to be something you're not. Start with who you are and and then say, okay, God, now what do I do with that, right? What makes us believers in Jesus isn't that we got it all together, right? Because we're all broken. We're, We're all in need of his grace and his mercy, but let's start and, and acknowledge the fear that this woman had. She was a widow. She, her, her husband was a member of the group of prophets. And she comes to Elisha and says, Look, Elisha, we've been trying to do it right. See, they were living in a time where the king of the day had taken the whole nation of Israel off to idol worship. But this was the remnant that was still serving the Lord. Like a, a, imagine that, that you're one of the few still serving the Lord. And, and, and then you come and you say, God, is this how you repay me that my husband dies and, and now I can't pay my bills and now my, my sons are going to be taken into servitude as slaves? Like I can imagine this woman was, was kind of upset with God, saying, God, it's just not fair. I don't understand. And you see, many of us, we find ourselves in situations just like this when We don't understand and we want to blame God. We want to be mad at God. And see, instead of blaming God to be mad and God, understand that God never has pain in our lives without a purpose. And he had pain in this woman's life. Why? So that she would understand something more of him. There was a purpose to this pain. So she comes to Elisha and she says, Hey, like the creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Like that's a low point when, when you ever get to that point. So Elisha comes back to her with two questions. And, and I find it very interesting. Like, we see Jesus in the New Testament a lot. He comes and he asks questions. So, so Elisha asks these questions. What can I do to help you? And tell me, what do you have in the house? Now, if I read into a little bit more, maybe Elisha didn't say it quite the way I just said it to you. Maybe Elisha said, what can I do to help you? Like, seriously, how is Elisha going to fix her problems, right? He's a, he's a prophet, but he's not God. Right? He's not the Savior of the world. There's only one Savior, and that person's name is Jesus Christ. So, so maybe Elisha said to her that day, what can I do to help you? Because he never waited for an answer. He just went right on to say, tell me what do you have in the house? You know, and it's interesting as, as she looks at what she has in the house, right? There's a, a takeaway here. Fear makes us think we have nothing because what she responds to him is, I don't have anything. I got nothing at all. Oh, Yeah. I got a flask. It's probably got enough oil for a salad, right? It's, it's not a lot, uh, but I got a flask. That's, that's all I have. See, fear would tell us we have nothing as believers. But actually, we know that we have something. We have Jesus Christ. We, we have the Holy Spirit that resides within us. That's not nothing. That is, that's an amazing. With God on our side, right, who could be against us? We're a majority, So point number one today is to confront fear with faith, don't diminish what you have. Surrender it. Right? She she thought she had nothing and Elisha said, no, 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 you do. Like, take that flask and I want you to surrender it and and give it over to the God. So even if it's just you've got fear, surrender your fear. If you've got some faith, surrender your faith, but give what you have to God because God wants to take what we consider nothing and he wants to make something out of it. So I, I could say, Think about it in the New Testament, right? It says, if we have faith as small as a what? A mustard seed. How, how big is a mustard seed? Did you ever see one? It's teeny tiny. So, so the point is this. It's not how big is your faith or how small is your faith. The point is, who is your faith in? Right? Because if you put your faith in a big God, it doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have. It's who your faith is in. And, and I see, if I could say it another way, mustard Mustard seed faith is when we surrender our nothing to God and He makes it something. Right? So so take what you have. It it, it may not be anything at all. It's just a little bit of oil in a flask, God. God, it's just it's just my fears and my anxiety. God, it's just I can only pray. That's all what do you have? Surrender it to God. Give it to Him. So then the story goes on. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors, then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you pour olive oil from your flask into the jars setting each one aside when it's filled and then it says she so she did as she was told and her sons kept bringing jars to her and filled one after another now just put yourself in this woman's shoes right lost your husband creditors are knocking at your door they want to take your two sons and make them slaves and, and you go to the man of God, and he tells you, you want me to do what? You, you want me to take what little I have and start to go ask other people for jars? Like, this is crazy. And, and Elisha's like, you got to go, close the door, because like Elisha's not going to hand, you know, he's not holding her hand through this process. She's got to do it by herself. It, it's got to be her faith. It's not the faith of her parents or the faith of her grandparents, right? God wanted her to have an encounter with him, just like God wants all of us to have an encounter with him. Right? I, I could pray for you all day long, but it's something different is when you pray for yourself and all of a sudden you experience God like this woman was going to experience God. So she starts, okay, I got one flask. It's not even full. It, it's not a lot of oil. And I'm sure she's thinking to herself, like, this is crazy. Like, is this even going to work? Do, do I do this? Do I not do it? But what does she have to lose? Right? So, so she probably tells her sons, hey, Go and borrow so-and-so's jug because I know they got a really big jug. Like if you're want, if you going to pour out oil, don't you want to pour it in something big? So maybe she gets another jug. Should we stop there? No, no. We, we got to go, go get a few more jugs. So, hey, go ask, go ask the neighbor over here. Maybe his son comes back. This person wasn't home. Well, leave a note on their door. Keep going. And, and she's getting jugs and she's getting jugs and she's getting jugs and jugs. When do you stop? When is enough enough? Right, some some of us we have faith in God, but we kind of stop at the first moment of prayer. And, and and Elisha was like, you know, you could get one jug if you want, but like just imagine what would happen if you got a second jug and you kept praying, and you got a third jug and you kept praying, and you got a fourth jug and you kept praying, and you keep praying and you keep holding faith and you keep getting jugs. Like she's setting herself up for God. If you're gonna work, then I want you to work in a big way. I don't want you just to work in a small way. See, we talked earlier. I've been thinking all this time, I'm going to pray for my kids and my grandkids. I got a lot more generations beyond them that God is going to show his favor to. Why do we limit God? It's just our thinking, it's not his thinking. So she goes and she gets all of these jugs. And then she finds out something amazing that God does extravagant things through what we think is insignificant. Right? See, God's love is beyond what we could ask or think. His mercy comes without measure, right? His, his grace, his gratefulness, and, and his graciousness in our lives is just amazing when we open up our hearts to it. So she started by just steps of faith. And sometimes faith is, I, I can only just say a prayer. But, you know, we can have very small steps in the same direction. It's, it's us exercising our faith to say, God, would you do a miracle? And, and God did a miracle in her life that was just beyond belief. So this is what verse says, verse, verse 6 says soon every container was full to the brim. And she's like, bring me another jar. And her sons are like, there aren't any more. And then the olive oil stopped. How many of you would have felt like, "Ugh, if I just got one more jar, if I just got two more jars, like how many of us stop short of seeing what God's, what God's real blessing is in our lives because we just don't push a little further in faith and, and pray another time and, and ask God for, God, I'm, I'm contending for you. I'm standing in faith. I'm holding faith. I'm not going to stop praying, God. We're going to be that persistent widow in the New Testament that because of her knocking, even an unrighteous judge would open up the door and give her bread in the middle of the night. That's, that's the way God wants us to pray. So second point I could make today is listen to the word and act on it. See, she listened to Elisha's word. And you might say, well, we don't have an Elisha living today. No, we got something much greater than Elisha. We have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. What is he saying to you and I lately? What are, what are we listening for and receiving and then acting on? See, there's such an importance in getting into God's word every day. Because it's when we act on God's word, when we listen to it and act on it, then we see what God wants to do in our life. But how can I remember the faithfulness of God? How can I remember the goodness of God if I've never learned it, if I've never read it, if I can't even have it in there to recall it? So, so like, saints, we encourage you all the time from the pulpit here. Like, getting into God's Word is essential. It is just so important. We've talked about praying God's Word, right? And, and I think there's something to, to actually taking God's Word and praying it out. So, we talk about listening to the word and acting on it, right? A discipline that I have, and, and last week we talked about, all right, when the current of life comes against us, right, it's, it's blowing us back. And we've got to paddle even harder against that current. But the current doesn't take you to a more disciplined life. The current will take you away from God. It doesn't take you to God, right? So, so one of the things I've, I've formed as a discipline in my life is I'm going to read the word every day and I'm going to get a takeaway from it. Right, and, and not just one thing that I write down. I'm actually going to take that takeaway, and I've got a couple other people I'm in a relationship with. I text them my takeaway. And sometimes they text me their takeaway. I probably text them more than they text me. You know who I'm talking to. But yeah, it's, don't just read the word. What are you getting out of it? Because if, if you just read it, did it really take hold in your heart? What's your takeaway from it? And, and you know, I, I saw, I've just got to share a different verse for a minute. Um, Have you ever read this verse in Psalm one forty nine? It says, "Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hand." Has anybody ever read that verse before? Anybody know the song? You ever hear that song? it's it's an oldie but goodie. I tried it in first service. No one knew it. Let the high praises of with God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand. No one knows it, huh? I'm showing my age. I got, I got saved when I was really young. That's why I know this song. It wasn't, it's not because I'm old. It's just I got saved when I was young. But Ephesians tells us that the sword in their hand, it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So consider this for a minute. If you want to give God the highest praise, like we come in on a Sunday morning and we praise God. Now you want to give Him the highest praise. It's not you go into shouting and dancing and clapping. Those are all ways to praise God. Don't get me wrong. But the highest praise is taking his word and praying it back to him, right? There's something powerful. When we, we know God's word about the situation we're facing, and we take that word and we pray it back to God. That is giving him the highest praise. So the story doesn't end there though. The story goes on and it says, when she told the man of God what happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over like, just blows your mind think about it she went to Elisha hoping that she could just spare her sons Elisha said no you've got to go to God and when you go to God like God's going to do something amazing and she starts with one jar two jars one prayer two prayers she keeps praying 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 and God not only answers her prayer he goes above and beyond what she could ask or think which is who he is right that's who he is And God not only spared her sons, but gave her enough for her and her sons to live on. It's like she got the 401k return here, right? That God gave her enough oil that she could live the rest of her life and her sons too. Live on what's left over. So the principle is this, God's abundance often follows faith. So think about it. What are you praying for? Wouldn't it be a whole lot easier if God just answered your prayer? Because it's easier to praise him for what he's done than to believe him for what he hasn't done, right? right? And we've all got the stories of what he's done. It's like, God, could you just do this? Because I'm kind of getting tired of praying. But God's abundance follows our faith. And, and that's what happened. This woman had to step out in faith. It wasn't just like, bam, the, the oil is there, and then she's thanking God for the oil. She had to take the step of faith and go ask a neighbor for a jug and ask another neighbor for a jug. What are you doing? Oh, I'm getting jugs. Why are you getting jugs? Because that's what, that's what God told me to do. Why? Like she had a story to tell through all this. In the midst of our situations of life, God's writing a story. He's got a purpose for what we're going through. Not that we were just like, I'm not going to tell you. It's going to sound foolish, isn't it, if I tell you why I'm gathering jugs? But see, she did it. She did it in faith. And God will do the same thing for us if we come to him and say, God, I'm going to take one step one tiny step after another tiny step. Lord, I'm going to give witness to you about what I'm praying for, why I'm praying for. See, I love when Jesus would ask people in the New Testament. He would say, the blind man would come to him and say, Jesus, I need you to pray for me. Well, what do you, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, Jesus, I'm blind. Can't you see? Like, yeah, you can see. I can't see you, but you can see me. But there's something about when we put voice to our need. And, and we will we'll name it and say, God, I, I need you to do this. I'm praying for my son, my daughter. And, and we're not hiding the fact that we're praying. We're, we're, we're opening it up because that's exposing ourselves that, God, only, only you can come and answer this prayer of mine. Right? And, and when we put ourselves in a position like that, God's abundance will follow faith. Would you stand with me as we pray and as we close in prayer? You know, there's, there's many promises we read in God's word. And, and I, don't get a pass, I don't get a pastor's pass on life that, that I don't go through any adversity, and that's just for, for the people in, in the congregation. Guys, I, I go through stuff. Just recently, I think I've shared with you, my sister was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And that was a, a crisis of faith moment for me. Could my twin sister die? So, so what do I do? What can, what can all of us do in a moment of crisis of faith? I went to God's word and I started to remember his promises and say, God, your promises are true. I'm going to pray your word back to you, God, because that is highest praise. And, and you know the story. She, she you know, was healed now of pancreatic cancer. She doesn't have a pancreas anymore, but she's got no cancer. She's cancer free. Glory to God. But, but Psalm 119.40 says this. God's promises are thoroughly tested. So I I believe and I know and I thank God that he doesn't just do like one level of testing. He tests them to six sigma, if you know what I mean, in the engineering world. But probably nine sigma, 12 sigma, like his promises are thoroughly tested. You can depend on what you read in the word of God this morning. So what is it that you're going through or I'm going through? Go to his word. Say, God, show me the word that I can hang on to. Show me the word that I can pray. And, and I want to believe you in that. So if, if you're here this morning and maybe you're in a crisis of faith, or maybe you don't have hope this morning, I, I'm not trying to give you the power of positive thinking. I'm trying to talk to you about a person named Jesus Christ that can change your life, that can fill you with hope, that can fill you with peace. Even as believers, we may have Jesus, but like let's acknowledge the fear has been real, that, that we're, what we're walking through. But now, what are we, what, what's the nothing that we can offer to God? So, so let's go to him in prayer today. Father God, I, I thank you, Lord, that you are here in our midst. And, and Lord, if there's any amongst us today, Lord, that we've walked away from you, God, or we're, we're not, we, we don't know what it means to be in relationship. We want to have that, that peace. We want to have that, that hope. I just encourage you today, would you reach out to Jesus? Would you pray with me as we say, Jesus, I need you in my life? Jesus, I return to you. Jesus, would you save me from my sin? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? God, I surrender what little I have. Lord, it's my life. It's not worth much, but I give it to you. And I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. God, fill me up. Help me to have faith as I read your word. Lord, and and I thank you, Father, for each one here that does trust in you, Lord. And I pray that they would be in your word, that they would, would be praying your word, that you would be filling them with your peace and your joy and your love. God, I thank you that the enemy comes only to rob, to kill, and to destroy. So when we have anxiety, when we have doubt, when we have fear and uncertainty, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. That's the enemy in our lives. And God, we reject that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we receive... Your spirit today, God, because the fruit of your spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So, God, fill us today with that. And, and Lord, I speak a blessing over each one here today. God, I, I thank you for the goodness and, and the graciousness that you have, Lord, the mercy that you have on us. Lord, and I speak a blessing on each one, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, that, that we would be filled with joy this week, that we would be filled with hope Lord, that, that we would be a light to those around us in a dark world. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us online. If you need prayer for anything, please feel, forward to, please feel free to come forward. Thanks.